Welcome to My Turn Podcast, a gaming podcast hosted by extra competitive siblings. My name's Jem and I'm joined today by my sibling Erin and my sibling Tim. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gone a bit evil. Uh, Tim is just um, just giving us a bit of a, a, a teaser of the episode that we have for you today. Uh, this is a gaming podcast and because it is the month of October, we thought we'd take a little spooky trip into our favourite Halloween inspired atmospheric games. So uh, you ready to get your spookies on guys? Yeah, definitely. I'm so ready. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Honestly, Christmas can do one. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> you just look like you just like all the uh, sweet treats, don't you, Tim? Yes, and, and the spookiness and the baked goods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tim's been baking a lot the last few weeks. <laughs> In which I sense? Have. No, <laughs> no. In, in the sense of making a lovely apple kuchen today. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, um, I mean, yeah, we, we've started with baked goods. We're going to move to some games. So what we're going to do today, we're doing something a bit different. Normally we do a games review um, it's where we take one game each and we'll chat through it and give you some recommendations and let you know our ratings. But what we thought we'd do instead is a bit of a roundup of some of our favourite Halloween-inspired or even slightly horrible, horror-tastic games. Um, so we, we've kind of had a little chat, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided we're not just going to linger on horror games per se, but we're actually going to be inspired by the whole vibe of Halloween. Mm. Um and should we start talking about some video games that we think we'd like to recommend? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, all the uh, should we go kind of straight in with the hardest edge stuff and then gradually get kinder to ourselves as we go on? Yeah. So should we should we get a bit murdery first? Yeah. And, um, and then get cute. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who would like to kick us off talking about we what we've actually done? We've we written a list, haven't we? We've, we've been we've very organised. Actually, very very yes. organised. So we've got Makes five uh, what we've labelled as big grown-up horror games. Yeah, um, that's how we define them in our. With in our other words, console games that uh... technical terminology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then after that, we've got puzzle platformers, and then finishing off on board games, aren't we? Yeah, so we're doing the full spectrum today. Yeah. Um, who wants to kick us off with some of these big? I mean, the first one written there, which is spelled awfully, Dialing Light, which I think is meant to say Dying Light, but, you know, me me and typing (laughs) isn't fantastic, to be honest. It's not a good combination, but, you know, I've I've lived with that my whole life, so I can understand myself. Dying Light. Why don't you tell us about Dying Light, Erin, because you're the one who's played it and the one who wants to recommend it. So, um... This kind of ticks a few boxes for me, because not only is it a kind of zombie horror game, but it's also... Um, open world kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Far Cry series in the way that it's done. Um, yeah, it's open world. Uh, you're you've got like certain missions that you have to achieve, and there's this whole um, overriding kind of theme of you pretty much have to get all your missions done before it gets 
dark and you have to get to a safe place because as soon as it becomes dark, there's like another type of zombie that comes out at night. Um, so your daytime zombies are like your typical horror zombies that are a bit slow and lethargic, but there's lots of them about. However, I can't remember what the name of them was, but these nighttime zombies that come out, they're like really quick and super powerful and bloody hard to kill. And if they spot you, you're fucked, basically. Um, right. So, yeah, it goes from kind of, what is it? Like, a, what's Barbara? What's that film? I <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. It goes from Dead. Night of the Living Dead to 20 28 days, days later. later. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That, in, in zombie film references, that makes sense to me now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love yeah. that I can never remember Night of the Living Dead's title. And I Coming to get say, you, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, do we have any strong preferences over how fast zombies should move? I come down very heavily on they should be they should be shuffling. Yeah, oh, no, well, yeah, well, I agree. But this this is what makes this game really really good that you've kind of got the best of both worlds, really. And the fact you have those super powerful bastard zombies gives you that time pressure if you only have a day, and as soon as it's dark, that's it. You need to get somewhere safe, and you'll often be chased by these zombies. But you just, you can't turn around. You just have to leg it. And even then, at the best of the times, most of the times they'll catch up to you. Um, I think yeah. the only thing that, that that will stop them is basically like ultraviolet light or um, some sort of light, like almost natural light source that scares them away. So you might have like a few like uh, light beams on buildings that are considered safe places that you have to try and hide out in yeah. when it is that time of night. Oh, I don't um, like it. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it. I love it. I mean, like I, like I said, because there's almost like two or three types of game in this game mm-hmm. where you have the open world exploratory um, thing going on where you're just ro- roaming around the city, finding little side missions to do. Um, and obviously, as you go on, you become more powerful and get better weapons and are able to do a lot more in the game. You've got that, but then you have got that horror you know, a uh, horror game yeah. in the background. So would you with, say it's genuinely a scary game? Like, do you get scared playing it? it at night it is. Yeah. Like, in the day, it's pretty tame and you might get a zombie sneak up on you, but as soon as it becomes night, you're just like, I just want to be inside. <laughs> <laughs> it, honestly, it does. That's why I absolutely love it and I think it's a good recommendation. Just the fact it is quite a dynamic game. And um, also with the storyline as well, where you're uh, trying to, I think there's like a bunch of gangsters that have kind of taken over a city. um, Wait, zombie gangsters? No, no, they're not the... (laughs) So so your mission, I I think you're trying... Oh, goodness, I can't really remember 100%. But your mission isn't, isn't anything to do specifically with the zombies. It's actually saving people that are within the city. Mm -hmm. But um, there's like kind of a rival gang of people that are going around and just like causing havoc to your your group of people and you have to basically save um a few of them i kind of i kind of like the idea of zombie gangsters and i'm i'm now disappointed (laughs) Um, well you you've got like like a mob basically of of the bad guys but then there's also zombies as well so you know again Lots, lots of genres coming together for this game, but I think executed really, really well. And that's. Do you remember what you played this on when you played it? Yeah, this? PlayStation Four. Actually, I think I actually played it when it came out in 2015. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, the hype around it and like the way it was described really sold it to me. So I was like straight away, straight on it, and pretty much completed it uh, within a few months. However, I got to the very end, 
and then I just left it for ages. I did one of those kind oh, no, of things where you get to the, the end and it comes to that bit. It's like, if you enter here, there's no going back. So I was like, all right, I'll leave that. Yeah, I do. I do that. We've, we've discussed this a lot on the podcast. Yeah. There are some games where you're just happier to just leave that bit. Yeah. Fear of, the, fear of the yeah. final warning and bosses. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to make a confession um, as this is a gaming thing. I have never fully played a Resident Evil game, but I have seen all of the terrible films. I feel, yeah. like I, got, <laughs> I feel like I got the balance wrong there. The only time I've ever played it is when, Jemmy let me play about 10 minutes of uh, Village yeah. that we did recently. But I, mm. can, have you guys played one to completion? Yes, not, no. nice segue, Tim. Very good segue. Mm. Sticking with zombies on our list, we have uh, the Resident Evil canon. Um, people have different preferences with these games. I've played a couple of them. I remember, I didn't complete it because I didn't own a PlayStation, but I do remember playing Resident Evil 1 on mm. PlayStation. Wow. The, the PlayStation. A friend's older brother had it. Uh, can't tell you much about it except didn't like the zombies. Um, yeah. And that really hasn't changed for me. <laughs> I, I really hate zombies in games. And fast zombies can fuck off. <laughs> Very much. Strong, fast zombies. No, thank you. Um, have you played any of them? I've only, I think I've only played um, the first one as well. And I think I used to play it at my cousin's house. The ones yeah, that maybe, lived yeah, across maybe the road I've from us. It a bit I'm sure well. I played it there, but I... Um, no, I haven't played any of the more modern ones. Yeah, so I've played um, Completed Village and yeah. I'm a bit of a chunk way through um, Seven, which is Biohazard. And I watched my partner play the remastered, um, I think it was two. Uh, yeah, I think it was two. Um, yeah, so I haven't played as many as a lot of people, but I do want to do a shout out for it because they are obviously the sort of quintessential zombie console game mm. and they as you said tim inspired a whole kind of uh canon of movies there's now the new uh the new one coming out mm -hmm. which apparently is taking more from the classic games um in in terms of even i think in the trailer you can see so they've dipped in even some stuff from some of the cutscenes in the games. Like, yeah. so I think they're honoring the fandom there because obviously there's a huge fandom for Resident Evil. But um, from what I've played of, I really enjoyed Village, but from what I played of Seven, I think um, Resident Evil Biohazard is probably going to be the one that I really recommend to people. It's, it's pretty damn scary, but it's also not, like it's not OTT with the zombies. It's not like wave upon wave upon wave mm. of zombies. There are also just weird sort of redneck, <laughs> creepy humans in it as well. And there's a lot of puzzling to sort of escape rooms in a in an old mm. up horror house. So it's got a it's got a horror feel to it on many levels. It's beyond just being zombies. It's the atmosphere. Yeah. You kind of feel like you're in, um, what's the film? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Mm. Like the family have that kind of feel to them. <laughs> <laughs> and really early on in the game, you are um, kind of being force fed gross food. Um, oh. So yeah, it is, it's got that kind of vibe. So yeah. Um, it sounds yeah. similar to mine though. You've got other elements in there. It's not just a scary, scary game. Yeah. Which I think, yeah. And I think the Resident it's Evil series has sort of, played around with what it is it's not always the same thing yeah so the games have sort of evolved and moved the story on um yeah 
There's a, a lot of zombie games to choose from when it yeah. comes to video games, but we have managed to find a few others we'd recommend that are not zombie related, right? Yes, we have. Um, one of which, one of my probably favourite games ever. Uh, I think mentioned last in the last pod as well, Alan Wake, yes. uh, which is a 2010 game by Remedy uh, and Microsoft Studios. And we used to live together, Tim, and you had it on your Xbox 360. And that's how come I got to play it. Did indeed. I remember so much about the um, the opening atmosphere of it because it really takes time to build the story. And, you know, from um, taking that time going across on the boat, across the lake, and it's all very opening credits of a mm. Stephen King film from the 70s or 80s. And you mm. just immediately get invested in the story, which is why the horror moments hit a little bit harder, I think, than if you're just blasting up zombies. <laughs> yeah, and it is really nice that the story, I mean, not a spoiler at all, because if you watch any game trailer, it, it dips in kind of what happens. But as you start realising that any kind of work of art you're creating or any fictional strand that you're creating starts to be realised mm -hmm. <laughs> in that location, it's just, it's weaved in so nicely. And um, as you said, it's really creepy ass storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> and just the fear of the dark. Um uh, you basically you have a torch and you you got a, a bit like you said with the is dying it light. one of these like oh you've only got so much battery oh yeah and yep. really <laughs> shit. yeah oh, no. mm -hmm. and you know it's a bit like you said with dying light it's creeping towards light sources or yeah. running towards light sources as quickly as possible but it isn't yeah as you say it isn't just an escape game it's figuring things out it's being along with with the characters and you actually you invest in some of those characters as well um i yeah i love that game that's the kind of game that you feel like you're almost you are almost reading a novel while you're playing mm. that game which i think is what they've gone for because you are playing a horror writer yeah um it does unravel in a really nice way and you definitely want to sleep with the lights on for a while after oh that. Oh my god! I think the the torch mechanic in games is like it's used quite a lot, but it never it's quite gets, a cliche. But yeah, it is it a cliche, but it never get gets old. It's just such because an effective such, way. Yeah, it's so tense. Yeah, revealing <laughs> things to you, navigating. I think yeah, the do. the only game I can think of that I was more scared of <laughs> than playing Alan Wake was probably Alien Isolation. A little bit of it I played. <laughs> Yeah, oh There's... yeah, did you not, you didn't get through the whole game? No, no, I've only played a bit. It's it's one of those ones that I put on my list and I was like, I will get around to this at some point. And I, I kept playing sort of opening sections of it. Mm. Never never got to got, got much further than that though. Yeah, so you've played it as well, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, again, I haven't completed it. Um, I just, there was one particular, I can't, can't remember exactly where, but there was one part the alien kept finding me in the locker. Every time, mm. no matter how long I'd hide, I'd end up getting eaten. So yeah. I was like, There's a lot of hiding, this. isn't there? Yes. Because you get too scared to make that move and you yeah. end up just sort of staying still because it's easier. And yeah. you go, it's not the game, is it? <laughs> I think one of the reasons that Alien Isolation, even though I'm, I'm the same, I just never managed to get through the game mm. for various reasons, mostly because I got to a point where I was just too scared. And I'm a wimp. But um, one of the reasons I'd still recommend it is that it's a really different setup. You're going in with a character who isn't like military trooper level of strength with yeah. loads of unlimited weapons and unlimited bullets. Like you have to gather resources, you have to hide, you have to sneak about. Um, it's really atmospheric. And I think the use of sound in that game is really damn scary. 
just like if you know the films, it's that kind of awkward dripping that makes you think, is there something above you salivating and the saliva is dripping on the floor? Oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like thinking of the alien films. Yeah. Or like there'd just be a gas pipe that would just go behind you like, <laughs> like oh God, I don't like it, I don't like it. And um, I do remember on that game, there's like ridiculous modes for playing it. And I think the hardest mode is called Nightmare. <laughs> where you basically die straight away <laughs> and I played it on super easy and you basically hardly ever I mean you do you do encounter it but you hardly ever do but the noises and the sounds mm. it got to a point where it just yeah the game got really hard and scary and I didn't like it's too it tense it's too tense and yeah. it really it really is like the most crucial aspect of either horror games or horror films is the sounds because you find like mm. if you turn off the sound of anything it instantly becomes unscary it doesn't yeah. matter. Yes. Like whether it's a film or whatever, like the sound goes, you're okay. But if you look away from it but keep the sound going, you still get that yeah. attention. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I knew people that played Alien Isolation in the dark on murder mode no. or nightmare mode, sorry. And Why? it might as well have been murder mm. mode. Because they're just crazy. I don't know. Like, life's not scary enough. They want you to do that to themselves. I really do need to commit to going back to it. So maybe this Halloween, because it's been out for like seven years now. It was, it was yeah. 2014 Creative Assembly Sega, FYI. Yeah. But um, it, yeah, I think if you've put a game off for seven years, either you've got to play it or pretend or give yeah. it up. <laughs> I think if I go back to it now, because I'm playing, like I've gone harder into horror games. Um, I think I'd be braver now, but I think at the time I was playing it, I was mostly playing puzzle games or action adventures. So I wasn't really um, dipping my toe into the horror waters. Speaking of which, uh, a game that is often cited as the scariest video game ever that we're all aware of, we've None all of probably played. watched someone yeah. play a bit and never had the uh, Billy Balls to oh, have a go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the game, of course, I'm talking about is Dead Space. Um, I think specifically Dead Space 2, yes. people credit as being probably the scariest horror game. <laughs> and I, I certainly remember having to leave the room when a friend of mine was playing that because I was too scared and it was broad daylight and there was lots of us there and I was like, I just can't watch this. <laughs> And that's like a 2008 game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like if you look at it now, I've actually re-downloaded it because it's on Xbox Game Pass. But You're actually going to play it? Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Oh, my God. I might video myself. Yes, please video yourself because... I'll probably I think be, be um, running on the spot like I was playing Resident Evil. <laughs> um, anytime there's lots of zombies, like my feet start running. Oh, I just can't no. help it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that is definitely one that I think if you look at any video games, sort of horror game roundups, mm. that's always on there. Um, what, yeah. what is what is the horror in that game? Like, what is so scary about it? Because I've only seen like a few cutscenes, and some of them are horrendously gory. Yeah. I mean, like, like we were, I think one of the really famous ones is the eye, eye operation thing. driller scene Ooh. where you have to keep your eye focused on the needle Otherwise, I don't know why the machine just goes completely straight through your head, but uh, apparently that happens if you don't look at yeah. a needle straight. I off. mean, the way I think I always felt about the game, I think, because there, there's a film called Event Horizon. Have you, have you seen? Yeah, that? Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like Horizon. they they stir the same kind of um, uh, sort of feeling of unease mm. in that, like Event Horizon just in some rooms, a film where kind of spaceship basically goes to hell and back and it kind of carries all that evil within it. Um, and dead space sort of has that sort of hellishness mm. and you do get this sort of 
like it feels like a place where the things living on it are kind of tortured versions of something you mm. recognize um and so yeah when you sort of and also the 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 as we said the sound the visuals like certainly for its time the game looked really quite not realist i mean it is realistic i guess for its time but mm. it certainly um had a look and feel to it that had that sort of hellishness mm. that nastiness yeah. and um the the building of tension i think in that game is like yeah immense well as we know with kind of horror directing you know a lot of the horror is what's in your head it's the mm. in-between bit that you have to fill in for yourselves yeah. you know the famous shower scene in psycho you know you never actually see her get stabbed you just think you do because mm. of the way it's cut it's that sort of stuff isn't it? like the graphics don't have to be excellent the yeah it doesn't have to be precise but it has to give you enough suggestion that you fill in the gaps yourself and Sometimes yourself I, almost, out. I almost feel like graphics um can actually take away from um mm -hmm. the feeling of horror mm. actually because i i, f I feel like Maybe it was just where I was younger, but I feel like older school, even with horror films, older school things like that, I feel like have more atmosphere about them. Whereas things that are over realistic just don't feel right to me. I don't know if you ever found that, but I remember one particular thing. If you've, I know this isn't necessarily a horror film, but like the Saw films, I think the that latter ones. Film. Well, <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're quite gory horror rather than like oh, I guess there's different That's genres horror. of horror. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I, th I think we saw like the seventh one and everything was just trying to be so realistic and so like uh, clear that it just didn't give you that tension of like, like you said, the unknown. Well, it's because you don't get involved because there's no real kind of good story. You know yeah, what? This is all maybe. getting far too bloody and spooky, though. Can we tone it down a bit and go to something a little uh, Tim, less horrible? Tim on fire with the segues there. Um, so what we've also done, so we've we've mentioned kind of five um, big grown-up horror games, as we called them. Mm. What we've also done is a list of uh, puzzle platformers and point and click type games yeah maybe i wouldn't say they're necessarily they're less not, creepy though yeah they're creepy but they're mm. not as um graphic let's say yeah yeah maybe that's yeah. fair yeah that's um, what i mean it was all getting too bloody <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little less blood so at the top of our list um we've got limbo which is a really really uh well-known kind of puzzle platformer um all kind Evil of games. <laughs> you don't you haven't played it i just have to look at it there's spiders <laughs> spiders are bad <laughs> it's really dark um kind of puzzles where you have to traverse uh various platforms or various obstacles and they're all pretty torturous and nasty mm. so actually yeah a bit like saw but in a very cartoony style mm. um and you do meet your doom in pretty horrific ways but again the style is is not i mean it's very yeah it's very cartoony it's all monochrome so majority, yeah majority of it, it's almost like silhouette Shadow, images, silhouettes yeah. exactly so so you're not really looking at blood spatter and um, no. bullet holes in people's faces and things like that no. so it's it's definitely got a different vibe any less creepy? Don't no, so. absolutely not. Mm. And, and this again goes back to what I was saying because a lot of it is left to imagination where it is just such a basic image. It makes it even more creepier. It almost makes you feel like when you have those nightmares where you can't quite see what is haunting you. Have you ever had that? Being haunted by just shadows? 
No, oh, this 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 game. Whenever I've seen it, reminds me of like my childhood nightmares. Oh wow! <laughs> like literally, the silhouettes moving in a room and things like that. Oh, terrifying! I always have nightmares about a white mouse with red eyes. Oh, that's, just, that's uh, an albino a, mouse. Yeah, I don't know why. She's just <laughs> always just appear in a dream, and then that would suddenly be a nightmare. Oh my goodness! I also had a nightmare called, the, which I, I said it was a recurring one called. This, I called it the uh, Sesame Street nightmare, where, where I'd Big Bird be came and got you. Kind of like, oh, okay. like <laughs> Cookie Monster, I think. Mm. You were fra- afraid of the Cookie Monster, not in real life, oh, but in no. my dream, it'd kind of like be bad, and it would come and hunt you down, and I'd always be the last kid in the house and like hiding in a cupboard or something. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> What's next on the list? The one that I've played inside. Which... Yeah, so these are both inside and Lim- Limbo are both yeah. um, by Playdead. They're often sold in a bundle yeah. together as well. Uh, Limbo was 2010, Inside was 2016. Mm. Um, yeah, very similar vibe. Similar vibe, but I think there's a bit more going on graphically in Inside. Even though it, it's not actually monochrome, it feels like that. But there is an element of very faded, washed out colour in the game. Um, it's like the joy had been sucked out of it and that's yeah. part of the horror, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think you might see like the smallest glimpse of sunshine at the beginning mm. then it just gets darker and you, it's, it's again, you're you're moving through just like some unknown lands really. You mm. start off like in the farmland and you end up going through like some factories then you're in a laboratory and you just seem to go deeper and deeper to what just feel, again, like feels like a nightmare and the further you go into it, the more haunting things there are in there, the more things that are after you trying to kill you. And you're just essentially like a little kid almost in this yeah, yeah horrendous world where you've got like full grown men chasing you, these weird dogs chasing after you, machines trying to kill you creepy like yeah that's more of a mermaid. survival isn't it rather than just crossing obstacles that's yeah. actually surviving yeah i mean there, there is definitely the puzzle um element in it mm. the puzzles aren't necessarily that hard it's again just the atmosphere and the tension that's created in it and the, the not knowing what you're doing or where you're going which also like you're there's true, no you actually just trembled then i saw you <laughs> thinking about oh, it i, I, I <laughs> It's really weird. I hated this game, but I can appreciate that it's an amazing game. And I, I'm sure people who are into that genre would really like it. But for me, I had to complete it because I hated it so You tried much. it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't leave it unresolved. I was just... And I didn't even choose to play this game. My partner didn't. She gave me the control. <laughs> that was it. She couldn't cope and gave it to you. And you hate that kind of game. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that kind of links on to, and again, this game is often sort of bundled with uh, Limbo and Inside. That brings us on to Little Nightmares. So there's two of them now. So one was from 2017 um, and then one came out in 2020 um, from Tarsia Studios and Bandai Namco. And we've we've reviewed all of these games we've just chatted about, actually. And um, Little Nightmares sort of also plays into that kind of, it's slightly cartoony, almost Tim Burton-esque, um, but really nasty um, consequences, let's say, if you miss a platform, don't run quick enough, don't hide in the right place. Mm. Um, it, yeah, I mean, the, the, the clues in the title is pretty nightmarish. Mm. Um, I wasn't as much of a fan as, of the second one as the first one. I thought the, the first one um, felt more unique and yeah. I 
like enjoyed the sort of story more of the first one um and it felt less repetitive i think than the second one but i still would really recommend them if you want something creepy but again it's it is nasty if you get caught it's pretty horrible because you play this kind of looks like a little girl and in the second one like a little boy and um it is pretty nasty when you get caught um but it isn't shooting zombies in the head no. so it's got a very different feel no it's um as well like from what i've seen of it a lot of the i guess monsters are almost like deformed or like distorted real world things because i, th- I think there was one particular uh i think like kind of a boss thing it was like in a nursery really mm. long arms mm-hmm. that would just go around the floor and try and grab you yeah or those really large chef yeah, things. they look like kind of pigs almost. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's sort of like they're like distorted creatures or yeah. distorted fairy tale characters. There's one that sort of looks a bit like a slug and a man hybrid. You know, it's like, it's yeah, they're very, everything is very nightmarish mm. and grotesque, I'd say, even though it's very cartoony. Have you played those ones, Tim? I no, I haven't played those ones. I, I, when you're talking about that, though, I was just thinking about how many games I feel like I've played over the past couple of years that have been Tim Burton-esque. Like his art direction lends itself so well to video games. Like I feel Mm. I've seen more video games that have been inspired by Tim Burton than films. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just lends itself so well to that world. Yeah, it's the kind of like melancholy, I can't speak, melancholy death of Oyster Boy type sketches. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you can see a sort of, I'm assuming quite... uh, big inspiration taken Mm. from that sort of aesthetic I guess with some of these games and yeah no less horrific than Mm. some of the zombie games if well speaking of zombie games and like narrative stuff I love the telltale games may they rest in peace yeah um but they did they hadn't I think they hadn't finished this series when they announced the company was closing, but they sort of got an extension to just finish this off, which was the Walking Dead series. Yeah. Which fits very well in our discussion today. Yeah, and I mean, they are, as with all the Telltale stories, they're quite point and clicky. Um, There is a level of every decision you make will impact something that you get offered or something that happens to your character Mm. later. But the Walking Dead series, um, I think, was their you know, the thing that really made them very successful, won a lot of awards for them. And they've taken the story in a few strands as a kind of main series. And then there was um, a sort of secondary series with a little girl and that was really good as well but they're really i don't i just for a long time couldn't play zombie games because i was too scared Mm. so for me these because they're so story driven because they are based on comic books and you feel like you're reading watching a series and playing a game at the same time with the telltale games so i found them a lot more accessible and i found that i cared a lot more about the characters yeah um and yeah, they're they're really nice games, and obviously, <laughs> R.I.P. Telltale. But um, you can still get the games, and I highly recommend if you haven't played them, and you want something that's a bit less scary, but still has the creepiness, still has zombies. So very on Halloween theme, um, I recommend people get involved with those. Now I've got to ask: Does it have a lot of um, relationship to the series? Do you have those characters in it? I gave up on the series, but I know. The, the, the first season was amazing. Then it just held yeah, off horrendously. I mean, yeah, but but The Walking Dead was a comic book yeah. um, series first, which I did read, um, and I feel like the game 
sort of tapped into the things I like more about the comic books mm-hmm. um, than about the TV series. So they did create unique characters and stories. Though. Yeah. Okay. So there's no. So you don't know like how it's meant to progress. Can't kind of cheat on it. Yeah, that way. but in terms of the vibe, I feel like the vibe is very different to the the sort of tone of the series. Mm. It just doesn't feel that way. It's more. Yeah, it's more, it's warmer, if that makes sense. I think the characters are, war- like, you're just more drawn to the warmth of the characters that are nice to each other. Um, and then there's more jeopardy when some characters are more selfish. Um, and so you you have to make some of those decisions about keeping resources, about hiding, about sharing things with people. So, yeah, that's what makes the game good. There is a sort, there is some jeopardy, but it feels more human mm. rather yeah. than throwing you into a kind of horror epic. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, last time I was with you, we chatted about Myst. Mm-hmm. And I said it was like the OG CD-ROM game. Yeah. It was the biggest selling game for like nine years. But on um, the specific platform, I believe, of the CD-ROMs, it was eclipsed uh, for a year, the year after it launched by The Seventh Guest. Yes, I, I remember you mentioning Mentioned this briefly. I'm going to tell you about it in the context of this Halloween stuff because I think it's the first, like, adult game I remember playing, mm-hmm. you know, away from the 80s platformers and all that sort of stuff. All of a sudden we had the magic of CD-ROM and the seventh guest was rated 18. Um, I was 11. And, oh, dear, um, Because it's got horror, you know, like proper horror. Um, it's, it's a mix of... Um, you know, graphics moving around a haunted mansion and solving uh-huh. puzzles, but it also had video, which was what made it such a big game on CD-ROM in those days because you actually had to have kind of working video of actors portraying the ghosts of the characters. You're wow. trying to unravel their stories. You move through the house and you solve puzzles. You would then get video clips, which would tell you a bit more about what was going on. So it was much more evolved than Mist. Only um, a year later. But um, yeah, I think it had a little bit of sexual content in it as well. Right. A bit of a sexual content. But it's a good horror story. It's like classic um, creepy old man is a toy maker. He sort of makes a deal with a demon and steals the souls of children um, <gasps> into these toys to feed the demon. And um, on he needs, he needs one more child's soul. So he invites six guests to come to his creepy haunted mansion. And whoever delivers the final child's souls to him will get an eternal life. And you're trying to figure out like this murder mystery of who's taken that child to be mm. murdered, who has survived kind of the the haunting. So you're kind of going through trying to survive the mansion at the same time, watching the ghosts of people who either did or didn't. But also there's the story that comes before that with the demon and the toy So maker. is it quite puzzling? Like, is it deduction-based sort of stuff? Or? It's very... It's very um, Puzzly. Um, you don't have to solve the murder mystery yourself. You don't have to solve it as part of the gameplay. That's the reward you get for solving uh, the puzzles. Okay. But yeah, it's lots of kind of like there's maze things. There's, um, you know, that game where you have like a grid of nine things. And if you click on one coffin, it opens three of them randomly. And then you can click a coffin and it closes them. And you've got to have them all open or closed mm-hmm. by the end mm-hmm. of it. Those sorts of games, yeah. you know, put all the queens on a chessboard without them being able to take each other. So you definitely need a pen and paper. You need some pen and paper. You need some logic. You need some quite a lot of patience. Very much hate this. <laughs> but it's, I, th- I believe it's available as a mobile game. It got kind of remastered oh. in the in the uh, maybe the late noughties or something like that. So you can still go back and play it. And I think it's worth it even now for such an old game. 
I might check it out because I really enjoyed going back and playing Mist again. So mm-hmm. if it's if it's going to tantalise those uh, puzzling taste buds and be Halloween themed. Yes. Great. <laughs> um, what's left? So we're going on to board games now. Now, oh, interestingly, yes. seventh guest involves VHS tapes. So does our next game, actually. Atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, Seventh Guest was on a CD-ROM, but Atmosphere, which was only two years before that, in 1991, the first version of it, um, I remember getting it, and then you get a VHS, you have to put in, and you all sit around, and it plays, um, you know, in the first version, he's called The Gatekeeper, this it's kind of creepy, angry, hooded, yeah, like, <laughs> emperor guy. And as you are going around the board. It's kind of fairly standard board game without the video. You know, you're going around, you're collecting keys, you get six keys to help you get to the end and each one gives you like some um, bonus skills mm. to help you mm. progress in the game. But you only have an hour to do it and that hour is played out through the length of the VHS and every few minutes, this guy will just suddenly appear and shout at you and you wet yourself <laughs> and he'll pick on whoever's turn it was. Mm. When you were mid-gameplay, you have to stop you know, moving or rolling the dice and he'll be like, right, you have to do some sort of terrible forfeit or other. And you always have to remember when he appears to say, yes, my gatekeeper. Otherwise you get punished. Yes. Oh. I remember this. And I, yeah, I remember, as I said, uh, poor man's emperor. I meant obviously uh, Emperor Palpatine because he looks like the emperor <laughs> in Star Wars. And doesn't he kind of age throughout yeah. the game? He gets scarier. He gets scarier. His eyes get glowier and yeah. he gets more angry and darker, yeah. But it was one of those games where you, as you were playing it, you were so scared of him popping up on your turn that you'd be like literally rushing the game, like chucking things yeah. everywhere and just like, ah, oh, crashing, knocking cups over. We're certainly in our household. We were knocking <laughs> cups over. <laughs> um, yeah, I just really remember that game was great at creating a lot of tension. So scary and panicky, especially when you kind of try to get it as dim as you can in there for atmosphere, but so that you can still see, you know, what you're doing on the board. It was a heady mix. They also had like a series of expansions that were based on the... So the characters you play Mm. are a zombie or a witch or a a vampire. It doesn't really have any effect in the game, Mm. but they did sequels to it. So they would do like a new hour long video that was... Um, the second one was Baron Samady and he gradually turned into more of a rotting zombie as mm. it went on. And there was um, Elizabeth Bathory, who is the vampire of the fourth game, and she gradually turned into more and more bat-like and hideous. The oh. makeup jobs on the sequels were actually really good. Yeah, yeah, because I, I played... We had the original one, and then I think we had a second one, which I think was on CD. Or like on... Mm-hmm. D, not DVD... Yeah, no, it must have been DVD, I guess, the early DVD. And it was like in a yellow or a goldy box, but the first one was kind of purple. I don't know. I feel like I played a, another one, but it was yeah. the same kind of guy. I don't remember it being a different character, but that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't realise I had so many different expansions. Yeah. I loved it. It's a great game. Really yeah, great. Yeah, really, really good fun. Um, another game that I personally really loved and remembered was a game called Ghost Castle, uh, which was a, a board game, but it was kind of a, a board game where you built a kind of ghost castle structure out of cardboard. A lot of these games in those days had like pop-up mm. bits. Mm. And um, that actually came out for the first time in 1970. So it's really old, but you basically, it was, 
getting your characters around the ghost castle, avoiding things, um, trying not to get killed at the end. There was a skull that like fell down a tower or something. <laughs> yeah, it was. it's basically like a chase game. It's mm. get to the end as soon as possible, but there were certain danger spots. If you landed on it, you would put, it was, which was always the most fun part of yeah. the game, drop a skull down a tower and it would randomly come out on one of the four quadrants that yeah, you were in. It. And if you got knocked over, you had to go all the way back to the beginning. Yes, it was like um, uh, snakes and ladders, but mm-hmm. with skulls and more jeopardy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And moving pieces that like had little cardboard stands. So you had like little figures that were just basically cardboard and moved mm-hmm. around this little set. But yeah, I just really, really loved that. I think it was one of those sort of kids games that was really replayable um, and didn't it break. Lot. Played it a lot as a kid. And it doesn't break, no, because it's just cardboard. It's just hard cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> loved it. Uh, what other board games did we write down here on our lovely list? Werewolf, oh, I think, yeah. comes next. Now, Werewolf is interesting because it, it, it's it been very kind of widely marketed as a card game in the past few years. Mm. I know I've been to a lot of like parties and gatherings where people have busted out. It's a good party game. But actually, its origins go back to um, 1986, where it was created as a game called Mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it didn't necessarily kind of have any components mm-hmm. to it. So we call it a board game, but really you can do it without any pieces because it's a game of social deduction yeah, and lying and, and so forth. But you can really just have one person, you know, facilitate the session and say, you're a werewolf you know quietly and then everyone else's villagers and off you can go you don't need any pieces to play it so it's kind of like a party game but now it's become partly a board game as well yeah well, someone wanted to sell Empire. stuff didn't they so mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is yeah i think if you don't have the imagination or um the facilitator as you mentioned who can structure a, a game basically of any theme to be honest where some people are against some other people and it's all secretive mm. um yeah you might as well get the, the, the boxed-up game because it it's all there for you and it's a lot of fun. You played that with us as well, Erin, on one of my birthdays. Yes. Where yeah, you have yeah. to, you know, and it, it's kind of an advanced wink murder at the end of yeah. the day, isn't mm. it? It's like, you know, it's it involves eye-opening and closing and yeah. uh, a bit of bluffing and social deduction. <laughs> yes. Like, it's just great. <laughs> I kept getting killed, though. Even when I wasn't the werewolf. I'm not <laughs> such a good actor. <laughs> yeah, Tim and I, however, are very good at that game. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder I always why. win the bluffing games. <laughs> bluffing. <laughs> yeah, but definitely one to recommend, especially to big parties. If you play, um, Ult- it's called Ultimate, I think, or One Night Werewolf. That's That goes up to quite a few people. I think you can have like 20 people or something like that. Mm. Yeah. You could, you could, I mean, you, you know, could create your you own party yourself. themes yeah, around yeah. it as well, can't you? You can make it more of a bloodier Halloween affair mm. if you really wanted to. You could have forfeits for the people who uh, die, yeah. like get a bucket of blood dumped on them. And one thing I would say <laughs> is that this game is definitely compatible with drinking. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's no bits you're going to spill a pint on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and then another game that Erin and I played quite a lot, mm. uh, Betrayal on the House, of the House on the Hill. On the House. On the House. It's on the, the House. We looked it up, yeah. On the ha- Betrayal. It's so confusing because of the t- TV series, which is called... Well, the TV series is The Haunting of Hill House, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But there are films called, um, yeah, The House on Haunted Hill as well. Yes. Like which the are different cla- things. Classics in, they're all different things, yeah. but they all involve a house and, and a hill and, and being some haunting. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's like ah, 
But this is a... We didn't write down the year that this was published. Bad notes, Aaron. No, we didn't. Oh, I'm so sorry. We missed He's that gonna one He's going to find out. it right now. <laughs> this is a, I mean, this is a board game that um, works really nicely if you like something that's kind of quick to pick up, but also has the ability to sort of stretch your imagination and your strategy play as well. So mm. basically you start with a really uh, simple kind of board it's it's a house it plays as a house but as you play the game you open up more rooms and you open up more floors and you open up more levels it's one of those games where as you're passing through the house you're kind of turning over cars which become Mm -hmm. an attic or a staircase or so you're moving around a space which you unfold through um playing the game yeah uh and then at some point you activate haunting and that's when it gets like you get a situation, you get a book where you have to read what that's. You essentially get a scenario a that scenario. you have to resolve. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that you have to resolve. Um, and that sort of initiates the sort of end, end stage mm. of the game. So it's a, it's a game with multiple styles weaved into it, would you say? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a really cleverly thought out game because there's a lot of elements. The way uh, you pick up pieces to the house. And then also those scenarios that you uncover mean that the game doesn't really ever get played the same twice or Mm -hmm. it's extremely, extremely unlikely. It's all quite random. So even though obviously the game is the same, every time you play it, it does have a different... Yeah, it's always a, a different game in, in some yeah, respects. Yeah, it, it kind of randomly generates yeah, exactly. levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though the book only has a limited amount of scenarios, you you still get there in a different way. Yeah. Um, and so in that way, it almost does work like a computer game. Yeah. A bit like the board game Pandemic did, where you're kind of being given stimulus in different orders and then you're trying to sort of weave around that with what you've got and pick up items. And, yeah. Um, certainly in this game you are there are little items that you can pick up as well that mm. might just appear in a room mm-hmm. or like in in an in a chest is it yeah chest i think there are chests, chests and like safes and things like yeah, that yeah like they just appear like they kind mm. of just randomly thrown into rooms yeah. and stuff um yes yeah, so it's just such a it is a fun game and also there's an element of strategy because at some point um everyone goes against someone else because that person sort of is that yeah is, 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 the, is the haunted, haunted. character yeah so character yeah and it can be one character or sometimes two or like yeah. so yeah the game is really great yeah. and i think if you if you like a board game that involves a bit of um yeah strategic thinking a bit of exploration, exploration as well exploration yeah. yeah it takes a bit longer but it's really quite easy to pick up it's a really fun one and very replayable as you said yeah yeah, definitely, definitely love that game. Yeah. Hey, I've got one that's technically a video game, but I would say it's much more like a digital board game. Oh, go and on, that's Tim. one of the games in the Jackbox Party collection that I yeah. think they must have made a fortune during lockdown, lockdown pandemic. Yeah. Everyone played Because it was like the closest we could get to sort of co-gaming board game stuff. But there's a particular game in there called um, Trivia Murder Party. Yeah. Um, so it is, you know, it's a little bit quiz show trivia pursuits sort of style in terms of the gameplay but the atmosphere is that you're going through some sort of saw like psycho yeah, killers like murder house and if you get something wrong you not only do you not get points you might end up being killed <laughs> and it's so funny as well the voiceover in that i think is so good the voice actors are just brilliant the tone of it is really really funny and tongue-in-cheek and as you say it's kind of sending up that sort of sore 
tortury horror slasher horror vibe, yeah. but with trivia. Yeah, it's, it's a so guy fun. who's who's put more thought into his sassy one-liners than he has his traps. Yeah, like that's, that's the vibe we get from him. But the gameplay was actually fantastic mm. because when you do get killed, that doesn't mean you're out of the game because you can still sabotage the players that are trying to continue, mm-hmm. you know, answer their questions correctly and escape. And that particularly comes into play in the very final round where you have to answer questions to race sort of down a track essentially towards the exit. But the ghosts of all the people who didn't survive the preceding trivia round are chasing after you. And if they catch up with you, you become dead and they come back to life. So even if you go out early in the game, you still get every chance of winning at the last minute. Yeah, Yeah. that bit I absolutely loved when we were playing it. Yeah. Um, we we got very very competitive at the yeah. end of that game because <laughs> we played it quite a few times in lockdown, didn't we? There was yeah. a load of us online playing it. Very very funny. Yeah, I really really like those games, and I'm I'm looking forward to sort of playing them. Obviously on a screen, but with people in the same yeah. room, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. kind of how they were originally designed. But it just so happened that they worked so well when people were in different locations as well. So yeah, I mean, go them. They've had a really good eighteen months, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so highly recommend those um, Jackbox games. And I think that brings us to the end of the games that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. So we've done some big horror, grown-up horror games. We've done some Puzzle Uni, yeah. Platformy. I can't speak today, point and click. <laughs> we've done some um, board games. Um, I mean, speaking of board games, um, one that we actually started playing today, which looks quite promising, which kind of fits into this genre as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll about, give you a little preview. Yeah. Yeah, talking about Bloodborne. Um Goodness, so yeah, the Bloodborne card game, which was obviously based on the video game. I don't think any of us have actually played it no, before. No, not the game, So we went the into this not really knowing what to expect, but we were actually quite pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's another one yeah. of these games that looks a bit intimidating when yes. you look at the box <laughs> and the amount of pieces and the amount of rules. Mm. But actually we managed to pick it up and get going with it pretty quickly mm. and um, we formed the Monster Slaying Alliance. We did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's worth mentioning that to anyone who wants to pick up the game is that although you know the a lot of the cards and the instructions encourage you to want to win and dick the other people over yeah. in the game for starters we actually just did it collaboratively and it was yeah. it was still good still fun and i think it's a good well, way yeah. to get to know how the game works before you go too deep definitely also i think if you if you are too much of a, a dick really and start screwing people over early you just kind of end up making it more difficult for yourself so you have to be very balanced in your approach but there's mm. a lot of opportunity that could make it very tempting yeah to go down that route i think it's about holding your nerve and waiting yeah. for the right time to yeah. uh, to stab someone in the back yeah uh, speaking of it's- holding your nerve mm-hmm. um i just wanted to mention as it's coming up to halloween quintessential halloween game that people play in real life apple bobbing <laughs> it's such a classic i um, probably haven't done it since i was a child but i would be definitely willing to give it a go i i, I mean i've got I, some I feel apples like we're gonna we'd have to covid test ourselves and then get some <laughs> sure. sanitized apples and then some super sanitized water and then um we should do it I feel like we could we could just make a COVID-friendly version where we just stick a hook on our head 
and use our foreheads to just Oh my like gosh, like the ducks at the fun fair. Exactly. We'll turn that. ourselves into the hooked up. They'd have to be like sharp spikes though, wouldn't they? Because there's nothing on an apple you can hook. You'd have to impale it with the head back. <laughs> impale or it with like the head a back. little fishing net. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Just> it up. <laughs> um, hey, do you know where apple bobbing comes from, by the way? Uh, no. no. So, um, apple bobbing comes to us at the same time as apple trees, which is that they were brought to Britain by the Romans. Oh, go on, Romans. Yeah, we didn't have apple trees before then. I mean, I think apples originally come from, like, Central Asia or something, mm. but what? the Romans were cultivating them. They brought them to Britain when they popped along because he didn't love apples. And with that, they brought this tradition of um, apple bobbing. And that, in turn, comes from their celebration of their goddess Pomona. Um, but is was... that why apples are called poms? It, yeah, it's the, it's the same, it's the <laughs> same root. It's the I same just root. remembered so, some French. Yeah, her, her name <laughs> basically means, yeah, from, from the Latin roots, but it's, it, her name does basically mean um, apple tree. Oh, wait, it's pom potato. No, that's pom de terre. Pom de terre. That's, that's, apple, that's oh, apple, yeah. of the earth. apple of the earth. Apple of the earth. Oh, yeah. there we go. No, my French was good. I doubted myself. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the tradition they had was that they would, it was either apple bobbing in water or tied by a piece of string. And... It was um, sort of a matchmaking ritual like you would Ooh. have on Valentine's Day. That oh, if, if the first sort of maid to get her gums around an apple <laughs> would be the next one to uh, get married or be partnered up. Oh, wow. So it was it was kind of Valentine's Day. It wasn't in Valentine's Day. Pomona's feast day is actually the 13th of August. But somehow that all, I guess it got later with the British harvest. And yeah, it turned into say, more of a Halloween tradition. But yeah, that's where it comes from. Yeah, um, I was always very good at it. Massive gob, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it was always good because it was a game that you could. It was always like on at the like church hall or school fete or something mm-hmm. around Halloween, and it was it was a game and a snack at once. So I was always happy to pay my ten p or whatever it was to just get a bit of a snack. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we could do it with a, a range of other things as well. We can maybe branch out into other things that we might want to snack on. We could well, do like... Bobbing for Haribo? Or, you know, like gyoza and ramen. <laughs> ramen bobbing. <laughs> Get the fish balls out of the ramen. <laughs> M- mushroom out of broth. <laughs> All mushrooms are Do you have hard. to do it while it's still hot? Though? Oh, yeah, that's part that of the That'll make it a bit more challenging. Yeah, right? yeah. And that's... if you want the extreme version, it's got chilies in the yeah. broth. And that would make it a horror game. Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> so, <laughs> little, little bit of bonus content there about bobbing and all the things you might be able to bob. Um, but I really think that it's been really nice to have a little think about, yeah, actually, what games do we enjoy this time of year? Because I feel like every year there's always a roundup of the best horror films. Oh, it's Halloween, it's the best horror films. Or like the, even just the best horror game. But it's nice that we've actually had a little bit of a think around that. Yeah. Like, it's not just about horror, it's about the atmosphere, um, those creepy things, things inspired by Halloween characters. And there's plenty of stuff out there. So, you know, recommend some to us as well, uh, mm. listeners. And we'll play them. Because we've still got a couple of weeks to Halloween. <sighs> Excited. Yeah. So um, I think that might bring us to the end of the pod. So it's just a little bit of bonus content for you. We hope you've enjoyed it. It's mm-hmm. a bit different from us. But we're really enjoying just hanging out together tonight. Do you we've know what? Actually... We've been a lot more sensible today. I don't know what's yeah. happened. We're not drunk. 
Well, I've had, oh yeah, no, maybe. I've had a couple of, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of champagnes. We, to be fair, we, we've been playing games for a few hours as well, yeah. so we've got a lot of that energy out ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's what we need yeah. to do. We need to get all our excitement out of the way and then come and sit down while <laughs> we're half asleep and do a sensible podcast that everyone can actually On listen to and digest. On a Sunday night before we go to sleep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hungover, so I am going to pass out um, and have a good night's sleep, I'm sure. But um, thank you for tuning in for this latest edition of My Turn Podcast. Um, if you like what you hear, if you want to get in touch with us, um, just search My Turn with an exclamation mark uh, on your pod- podcast. I can't speak today. Podcast app of choice. We're on all of them. Um, and if you are feeling up to it and you use um, Apple Podcasts at all, we would love a five-star review because it Give really us the stars. helps. But wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, please subscribe and share because it really helps us smaller, more petite podcasters yeah. to um, <laughs> bob ourselves to the top of the charts. There we go. <laughs> okay. yeah. Very good. I was gonna, something along the lines of Apple Bobcast, I was going to go for <laughs> Jessica <seeking out. laughs> I was trying, but the hangover has prevented my brain cells from working. Um, Well, we will catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Bye. Bye.